For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Use the code word REBEL for a discount on pillows, sheets, pet beds, and everything else at MyPillow.com. What is happening, Rebels? Hope you're doing well. <clears throat> it is Monday, May 18th, 2.22 Mountain Time. Whatever time you're listening to this, hope you're doing well. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen to Rebel Parenting. I appreciate it. Um, I don't think I did a live show last week. Laura was out of town for the whole week. Um... Prayer requests, uh, there were complications with Laura's surgery for cancer. The cancer is not back, but there were complications with it. And so she went out to California for a um, a surgery consult with a couple of doctors. And she'll be heading back later this summer for another surgery. Uh, good news, cancer is not back. Bad news, got to go into surgery again. So that stinks. And we're bummed about it. So... I was uh, doing the parent thing by myself for a couple of days or a week, and I'm glad she's home, for sure. Glad she's home. Yes, everybody's commenting online right now. Uh, I shaved. Uh, I just couldn't do it anymore. Uh, the The rules for uh, barbers and hair salons, uh, we're going to get heavily into the lockdown on this program. I've not... Uh, I've not delved completely into it yet. I'm going to do it much more from now on. Um, but the rules for hair salons and barbers are ridiculous here in Colorado. A maximum of five workers, regardless of how large um, the barbershop is. My barbershop that I go to in Colorado Springs is called Locals. It's on Nevada Avenue. It's a great place. I've been going there for a decade. Um, their stations are more than six feet apart. Uh, and yet... Uh, they can only have five people working at one time. Everybody has to wear masks and customers have to wear masks as well, which is a huge bummer. Uh, so they can't do shaves. They can't do beards. They can't do anything like that at all. Who knows when that's going to lift. And so I couldn't do it anymore. Shaved off the beard. Um, let's see. Show notes are at rebelparenting.org slash blog. Go to rebelparenting.org, click on the blog tag. I've got all of the links there, lots of links today, uh, starting with a uh, starting with an op-ed piece written by Dennis Prager entitled The Worldwide Lockdown May Be the Greatest Mistake in History. And I've linked it there, but I'm going to read it to start the program off because I think it's that important. Uh, in fact, barbershops and salons can't even open in California yet, or most of the country. Um, but I want to read this piece from Dennis Prager to start the program off. Uh, it says, The idea that the worldwide lockdown of virtually every country other than Sweden may have been an enormous mistake strikes many, including world leaders, most scientists, especially health officials, doctors, epidemiologists, those who work in major news media, opinion writers, in those media, and the hundreds of millions, if not billions of people who put their faith in these people is so preposterous as to be immoral. Timothy Egan of the New York Times described Republicans who wish to enable their states to open up as, quote, 
the party of death, end quote. That's the way it is today on planet Earth, where deceit, cowardice, and immaturity now dominate almost all societies because the elites are deceitful, cowardly, and immature. But for those open to reading thoughts they may differ with, here is the case for why the worldwide lockdown is not only a mistake, but also possibly the worst mistake the world has ever made. And for those intellectually challenged by the English language and or logic, quote, mistake and evil are not synonyms. The lockdown is a mistake. The Holocaust, slavery, communism, fascism, etc. were evils. Massive mistakes are made by arrogant fools. Massive evils are committed by evil people. The forcible prevention of Americans from doing anything except what politicians deem quote-unquote essential has led to the worst economy in American history since the Great Depression of the 1930s. It is panic and hysteria, not the coronavirus, that have created this catastrophe. And the consequences in much of the world will be more horrible than in America. The United Nations World Food Program, or the WFP, states that by the end of the year, more than 260 million people will face starvation. That is double last year's figures. According to the WFP, director David Beasley on April 21st, quote, we could be looking at famine in about three dozen countries. There is also a real danger that more people could potentially die from the economic impact of COVID-19 than from the virus itself, end quote. That would be enough to characterize the worldwide lockdown as a deathly error, but there is much more. If global GDP declines by 5%, another 147 million people could be plunged into extreme poverty, according to the International Food Policy Research Institute. Foreign Policy Magazine reports that according to the International Monetary Fund, the global economy will shrink by 3% in 2020, marking the biggest downturn since the Great Depression. And the U.S., the Eurozone, and Japan will contract by 5.9%, 7.5%, and 5.2% respectively. Meanwhile, across South Asia, as, a month of, as of a month ago, tens of millions were already struggling to put food on the table. Again, all because of the lockdown, not the virus. In one particularly incomprehensible act, the government of India, a poor country of 1.3 billion people, locked down its people. As Quartz India reported on April 22nd, coronavirus has killed only around 700 Indians, a small number still compared to the 450,000 tuberculosis and 10,000-odd malaria deaths recorded every year. One of the thousands of unpaid garment workers protesting, in the, protesting the lockdown in Bangladesh understands the situation better than almost any health official in the world. Quote, we are starving. If we don't have food in our stomach, what's the use of observing this lockdown? End quote. But concern for, the, for that Bangladeshi worker among the world's elites seems non-existent. The lockdown is possibly even more catastrophic than the virus in its outcome. The collapse of global food supply systems and widespread human starvation. That was published in the left-wing The Nation, which nevertheless enthusiastically supports lockdowns. 
But the American left cares as much about the millions of non-Americans reduced to hunger and starvation because of the lockdown as it does about the people of upstate New York who have no incomes despite the minuscule number of coronavirus deaths there. Or about the citizens of Oregon whose governor just announced the state will remain locked down until at least July 6th as of this writing, a total of 109 people have died of the coronavirus in Oregon. An example of how disinterested the left is in worldwide suffering is made abundantly clear in a front page quote, prayer, end quote, by left-wing Christian in the current issue of The Nation. Quote, May we who are merely inconvenienced remember those whose lives are at stake, end quote. Merely inconvenienced is how the Reverend Dr. William J. Barber II, a Protestant minister and president of the North Carolina NAACP, describes the tens of millions of Americans rendered destitute. Not to mention the hundreds of millions around the world rendered not only penniless but hungry. The truth is, like most of the elites, it is Barber who is, quote, merely inconvenienced. Indeed, the American battle today is between the merely inconvenienced and the rest of America. Michael Levitt, professor of structural biology at Stanford Medical School and winner of the 2013 Nobel Prize in Chemistry, recently stated, There is no doubt in my mind that when we come to look back on this, the damage done by the lockdown will exceed any saving of lives by a huge factor. To the left, anyone who questions the lockdown is driven by preference for money over lives. Typical of the left's moral shallowness is this headline on Salon this week. Quote, it is time to reject the gods of commerce. America is a society, not an economy. The subhead reading, America is about people, not profit margins. And of course, to smug editors and writers of The Atlantic, in article after repetitive article, the fault lies not with the lockdown, but with President Donald Trump. The most popular article in The Atlantic this week is titled, The Rest of the World is Laughing at Trump. The elites can afford to laugh at whatever they want. Meanwhile, the less fortunate, that is, most people, are crying. Now, I know to some that is controversial. You will disagree with me. I understand that. You can definitely disagree with me if you'd like. I trust Dennis Prager. I trust his viewpoints. I like his books. I like his documentary. I'm a fan of his, and I think he's right. <clears throat> it's very interesting to see what's going on. A couple of programs ago, I said China is worried that they're facing a Tiananmen Square-like backlash over the coronavirus. It does seem to be coming true. More than 100 countries call for an investigation into China and where the Wuhan virus has come from. 60 countries have urged the World Health Organization to figure out where COVID-19 actually did come from. Countries all over the world are demanding an answer to this because it is apparent, it is very clear, that China hid the virus from the rest of the world to the world's economic collapse and detriment. Every single one of these articles is listed in the show notes at rebelparenting.org on the blog page. Psychiatrists fear a tsunami of mental health illnesses after the lockdown. It's going on during the lockdown. They're worried about the onslaught of what's going to take place after the lockdown. 
People aren't seeing therapists. Kids aren't in schools and they're not able to be seen by adults on a regular basis. Uh, I have friends that are sheriffs and I asked him, I go, my goodness, are you guys doing anything these days? And he goes, yeah, we're packed. And it was a surprise to hear what they're packed with. And what they're packed with is domestic violence calls and suicide calls. He said, we used to get about one suicide call a week. We're getting at least one every single shift now. That's just here in Colorado Springs. That's just my personal friends that are sheriffs. This is happening all over the country. But we're not talking about that. We're not talking about those things. Uh, if you look at the statistics of COVID-19, the average, the median age of those who have died from COVID-19 is 82. It's 82. That's the average age of people that have died of COVID-19 is 82. That means half are older than 82. Half are younger, yes, but the average age is 82. Uh, it is affecting the obese at a far higher rate than anyone else. The vitamin D deficient, far higher than anyone else. But nobody is talking about those things. No one is saying, hey, we got to start eating healthy. It's really going to help you out on life. Uh, in fact, I'm trying to think of where it was. It may have been Oregon. It might be somewhere in California. Said so they're not going to reopen until a vaccine comes out for this. Do you know there's not a vaccine for the common cold? There's no vaccine for the common cold. There may never be a vaccine for this. So we're saying we're never going to open up again. I think that is is very very scary. And I'm going to um, there's some headlines here. And again, I've listed these articles if you want to read them, they're totally fine. Uh, but I'm going to list the headlines. Um I'm going to list the headlines in these articles because I want to talk about what's being reported versus actually what the truth is. And I'm not saying I have all of the truth. I'm just saying that what's being reported is shifting the thinking of millions and millions of Americans when what they're telling you isn't necessarily the truth. So here's an article title. 40% of Americans more... Oh, wait, no, that's, that's a different one. I'll get to this one in a second. CNN poll... Most Americans would be uncomfortable returning to regular routines today. A USA Today poll says COVID-19 survivors say we shouldn't reopen. 58% of COVID survivors say we shouldn't reopen. Uh, and there are tons and tons and oh, a majority of Americans say the federal government is not doing enough to prevent the second wave of the virus. And there is article after article after article saying lots of Americans feel this way. Lots of Americans think this thing. That's not telling you the truth. The truth is the average age of those who have passed away from COVID-19 is 82. Teenagers are not at risk of this. Uh, when you talk about people that have COVID-19, it's finding out that tons and tons of people are asymptomatic. They don't even know they have it. They didn't even get a sniffle or a cold. They didn't get sick at all. They just had it. Millions of people have had it and don't know it. Now, I say this in, in truth, telling you my parents are in their 80s. My parents are both older than the average age of those who have passed away from COVID-19. Guess what? My parents have quarantined. They've stayed by themselves. They glove up. They mask up. They use hand sanitizer. They don't go to the store. They have other people do the shopping for them. Not everybody can do this. I get that. But I've gone shopping for them. And I leave the groceries on the front door. I've not gotten to see my parents in five months. They are high risk. I'm not. They're high risk. My children aren't. My wife isn't. 
Most of my neighbors aren't. But my parents are high risk. What are they doing? They're doing what's right to protect them. That's what we should be doing. But locking down an entire nation, causing us to go from literally the greatest economy in the history of the United States to almost the worst economy, and definitely the worst economy since the 30s. We have the worst economy in 90 years, going from the best economy that we've ever had in history, the lowest unemployment in history, the lowest female unemployment in history, the lowest black unemployment in history, the lowest Latino unemployment in history, the lowest across the board unemployment in history, the most people in the workforce in history, to the worst economy in over 90 years. And it might get worse. But what they do is they say, well, you know, uh, most of Americans will be uncomfortable returning to regular routines today. Well, so what? What does that mean? You're uncomfortable? I'm not here to make you comfortable. Rebel parenting isn't about making you comfortable. Rebel parenting is about making you a better parent and a better spouse. It's about doing the hard work to work on your marriage when it's down to bring it back up to a high level, to level up to the next level of marriage, to be a better parent. I know this personally. I didn't have... My marriage was okay, but I was a bad parent early on. I've taken the steps and done hard work, which was very uncomfortable to be a better parent and to be a better husband. That's what we're about. It's not here to make you feel good. I'm not about being comfortable. I'm about doing the hard things. You know, you guys know, if you've listened for a long time, I struggle with anxiety and depression. It stinks. I've really struggled with it during the lockdown, but I do the hard things. I continue to get up. I continue to try to do the hard things. And I encourage everyone that listens to the program to do the hard things, to put in the work, to be a better spouse, to be a better husband, to be a better wife, to be a better parent. You know, I used to say things like, I'm not trying to put more on your plate. I'm not asking you to do more. I don't do that anymore. I'm asking you to do more. I'm asking you to work harder. I'm asking you to put more on your plate so that you can have a fulfilling, satisfying life. I told my son yesterday, do you know what's the most satisfying thing in life? Hard work. Hard work gives you the most satisfaction in life. It's not fun. It's not roller coasters. It's the hard work. I remember Joe Rogan talking about his scale of fun. And on one end was uh, roller coasters. It's fun, but five, ten years later, you're not going, wow, remember that time we went up, and then we went down, and then we went up and down, and then we spun around, and then we went up and down again? You don't talk about roller coasters that way. But he said the interesting thing is some of the greatest times he's ever had have been in extreme suffering. He was talking about hunting trips, and I have one of those situations. My dad, our good friend Herb, uh, and myself were on a hunting trip in Colorado, and it was a disaster. Nobody got an animal. Uh, I think I saw an elk, one elk one time in the four or five days we were there. We were staying in, a, in an army tent, and the, the tent flap was broken. It rained, it snowed, and it hailed while we were hunting. I'll never forget that trip. You know, my son doesn't understand that when I talk about it. I laugh and laugh and talk about it. When Herb and my dad are over, we always talk about that trip. I remember so many things from that trip. I can remember trying to sleep at night, and we would take turns sleeping near the door, holding it shut with one hand. We didn't have the tools or supplies to fix the door that night. But for a whole night, we took turns sleeping by the door, holding it shut. And as you got more and more asleep, your hand would relax. And then the wind would blow the flap and it would slap you in the face. And you'd wake up to rain and hail hitting you. And then you'd grab the flap again. We laughed all night long. 
great deal of suffering, but we laughed all night long. It was hard. It was tough. But it's something I've remembered. My goodness, that might be 25 years. It might be 25 years ago that I had that hunting trip. I got to find out. Let's get into some other things. 40% of Americans say they're more likely to homeschool after the lockdown. That's pretty interesting. That is pretty interesting. We do a hybrid program. We uh, homeschool Mondays, Fridays, and kids go to a hybrid school Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, I got to be honest, for us, uh, doing school in the lockdown has been a total and complete disaster. Um, I like our school. I like our teachers. It was a disaster for us, a complete, total disaster. Uh, I cannot wait for the kids to go back to school. Did you know that Every single UC school in California isn't going to accept students back on campus till at least January 2021. There are 23 UC schools, UCLA, UC San Diego, UC San Luis Obispo, UC Santa Barbara, UC Northridge. The list goes on and on and on. 23 University of California schools will not accept students back until at least January 2021. That is a disaster. That is an absolute disaster. A disaster. They will lose a billion dollars with students going other places. I'm telling you, the talk of people that are talking about leaving California is very stark. It's very surprising to me, but there are a lot of people talking about leaving California because they can't make a living. Nothing's open. You can't go to a restaurant. You can't go to a comedy. You can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. You can't go get your hair cut. You can't go to church. How interesting is it? Listen, I'm all for Walmart being open. I'm all for Target being open. I'm all for Costco being open. I'm all for Lowe's and Home Depot being open. Absolutely. I don't mind the stickers on the ground telling you how far apart you got to stand. I don't have any problem with that at all. None. I stand in Costco and it says stand here and the next person is six feet ahead standing there. No problem. Uh, I wear a mask at Costco. Do you know why they ask me to? Stores that don't ask me to, I don't wear a mask in. Do you know why? Because I'm not at risk. That's why I'm not at risk. I'm not going around my parents. People are like, yeah, but you've got parents in your 80s in their 80s. That's right. And I've not been with them face to face in five months because they're doing the smart thing. They're staying quarantined. I don't mind all this stuff, and I don't begrudge them being open at all, but how is it that I can go to a Costco, which I'm going to go to today, we need groceries, I could go to Costco, and there'll be hundreds of people in Costco, hundreds of people will be walking around Costco, walking next to each other, are we trying to stay apart? I guess, but are we completely staying apart? No, we're walking next to people, we're shopping, people are picking stuff up, putting it back down, I'm picking it up after them, that's what's happening in Costco right now, but you're telling me I can't go to church for one hour? With any restriction. I mean, you could say, listen, you've got to have families that sit two seats apart and you can only be in every other row. We're going to close rows off. I mean, listen, do whatever you got to do, but you're saying I can't go to church for one hour once a week, but I can go to Target or Costco or Walmart or Lowe's or Home Depot or wherever it is and be. I was at, I was at uh, Lowe's over the weekend uh, picking up some stuff for a project. There were hundreds of people there. They were everywhere. There's no social distancing. They were everywhere. You know when we social distance at Lowe's, when you stand in line and they tell you to... And in fact, in the garden center, there's no stickers. People are just back to back to back to back to back. The garden center was packed full of people. And it's fine. I'm okay with that. I'm willing to take that risk. And here's why. I'm not looking at the government to save me. 
It's very, very interesting. They've done political divides in who wants to open up and who doesn't. By and large, those on the right want to open up. Those on the left don't. And I think part of that is the left looks at the government to save them and to protect them and to take care of them, and I don't. I look at me to take care of me and to protect me. That's why I run the organization HomeSafe. By the way, all the HomeSafe events have been canceled. We can't do any events. We're looking at doing an online event. If we get to do that, I definitely will let all of you know via the newsletter and on the programs. Uh, we're trying to do an online event because a lot of things have come about. Uh, but I believe in personal responsibility. You know, I tell people only 25% of churches have any kind of security protocol at all, any kind, let alone an armed security force in church trained in knowing what to do in case of an active shooter situation in church. Only 25% of churches have any kind of security protocol. What's home safe? Home safe teaches families how to keep themselves safe. It's personal responsibility. As a husband, I'm a provider and a protector. If you're a single mom, you're the protector of your children. If you're a single dad, you're the protector of your children. If you have a family, the parents are the protectors of the children. The husband is the protector of the wife. If the husband is incapacitated, the wife is the protector of the husband. I teach families how to keep themselves safe. I don't go do home safe events and say, don't worry about being safe. Just call 911. I'm sure it'll be fine. Just wait for the government to step in and protect you. I talk about how to protect people in their own homes. And even though our scholastic situation in the last couple months has been a disaster, oh my gracious, such a huge pain. 40% of Americans saying they're more likely to homeschool next year. Now, here's the other question. Is that out of fear? Or they figured out, hey, we can really do this. And speaking of, we've got Trisha Goyer on the program tomorrow talking about how do you homeschool during the quarantine and what's appropriate and inappropriate. Shorter classes, appropriate. Long classes, inappropriate. My kid, my 13-year-old, has 90-minute Zoom classes. I can tell you I disagree. 90-minute Zoom classes at 13? Disaster. You can't teach for 90 minutes on a Zoom class at 13. You can't do it, but we're trying to. Or someone's trying to. We're not. Now, I can tell you this, too. My kids' grades totally have plummeted. Our school did not do what the rest of Colorado schools did. Colorado schools froze grades in March so they could only go up. Our school did not do that. So I'm positive. I haven't gotten grades yet. I'm positive my kids' grades have gone down. Guess who doesn't care? I don't care. I just don't care. Seventh grade, not that big of a deal. No one's going to look at this for the rest of his life. And it's been stressful enough. Oh, This is another one that's, that's scary when you talk about freedom of speech. Because we talk about organizations like Google or like YouTube. By the way, Google owns YouTube. Number one most, they, I can tell you the searches. Number one most searched entity online is Google. Number two most searched entity online is YouTube. The number three most searched entity online is Amazon. How interesting is that? YouTube has removed doctors who say we should ease the lockdown. YouTube has publicly stated they're going to remove any video of anyone going against the World Health Organization's guidelines. It's very, very interesting. You got to ask yourself, why? Why is that happening? Why is that going on? That is bananas. I'm going to go through all the comments as soon as this is over. Well, I've been going for a while now. Let me give you just a few more 
Um, there's an article on the show notes. Having a garden and spending time in it improves health and well-being. I totally agree. I love our garden. We're gardening again. We're planting all kinds of seeds. We're having a ton of fun. I will post pictures online as soon as we have anything uh, to show you. Um, and then there's an interesting website called outline.com and you can put, uh, the address of any article you want to read and it strips away everything except the article. So you can read it without distractions of like pop-up ads and all the stuff on the site outline.com. There's a link to that. And then there's a really interesting thing. Um, uh, Haley's comet passed, uh, by not long ago and there was a huge meteor shower and I'm always looking at meteor showers. There's a website online that I've got a link to. And, uh, if you show what city you're in, uh, it will tell you, and you can like set parameters for how big this asteroid is. It'll tell you the asteroid devastation of your local city. Uh, if you plug in all the parameters, I thought that was kind of fun. Uh, thank you to those who are writing in. Uh, I think it's Roger. I'm so sorry. I'm drawing a blank on your name right now. I should have looked it up ahead of time and put it in the show notes. Uh, but I was looking for things to do with my kid and he sent me to a website, uh, where you can make potato guns. Uh, which is fun and dangerous, which you know I'm going to like because it's fun and dangerous. Uh, we are looking into that. My son and I are back on the Marvel movies. Um, I couldn't get him interested in anything, any other series. I, I didn't have great luck at other series. Uh, I'm considering the Transformers series. I'm going to go back and look at them and see if it's appropriate or not, maybe. Uh, and uh, we did watch the first national treasure as a family last night. And that was interesting. Um, it is very interesting. Lincoln and I are huge, huge, huge movie fans. Laura and Lucy, not great movie fans. I can barely get Laura to sit through a movie. Um, it's not been for a long, long time. Uh, we do go to movies on date night every now and then. Uh, but literally it's like once or twice a year. Uh, and so about a third of the way into the movie, um, Lucy and Laura had had enough, and so they want to come back and watch more later. Um, Brian's asking about X-Men Marvel series. Uh, I've not done the X-Men yet. That's an interesting one. I might do that. I'll go back and look at those. That'd be kind of cool. Depends on which one it is. Like, you can't go the Deadpool, uh, you know, that route with with kids. Um, but some of, the, some of those in the DC... I think that's the DC Universe might be all right. Haven't done any of the, the recent Batmans, none of that. That's too gnarly. Uh, but he's super into the into the whole Marvel Universe, so uh, we went back and watched. Uh, and we do it chronologically. By the way, if you can do it chronologically, it is so much better, in my opinion, to watch it chronologically. We did that with Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, and the Marvel Universe. Um, and so we've seen um, Captain Marvel... Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, uh, and we skipped the first Hulk and the first Thor because they're kind of trash, and you don't need that much. In fact, you don't really need... He's seen both of them. We saw him the first time around, so we're skipping it this time around because he really didn't like them very much, and he knows the story. So we went from Captain Marvel, uh, Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, and now we're in the first Avengers, and we're having a blast each night watching that. Tons and tons and tons of fun. All right, let me jump into the comments because there were lots of them, lots of them, lots of them. Uh, yes, William, this whole show wasn't all positive. I took that one down, though. It's just live from the quarantine with Ryan. It used to be only good news on Mondays, and I'm just, I've got to change it. There's too much to talk about. This next election that we've got in November really is the pinnacle of which direction our country is going to go from here on out. It absolutely is. Uh, on the left, we've got more government control, more government regulation, uh, more infringements of rights, 
Uh, and on the right, we've got possibly a return to a good economy and your rights being restored to you. I'm reading Dan Crenshaw's book right now. Dan Crenshaw is the representative that's got the eye patch. He was a Navy SEAL, got hit with an IED, and uh, lost his eye, and lost all of his sight for a period of time, and uh, completely lost one eye. And his book is called uh, AUD Audible. It is called Fortitude. Fortitude. Wait, what's the whole title, though? Fortitude. American Resilience in the Era of Outrage. Dan Crenshaw. Let's see. You can see it better back here. Check out that cover. It's so good. I am loving Dan Crenshaw's book. I am loving Dan Crenshaw's book. Uh, James Broadweather does not like my earrings. That's okay. I understand. My parents don't like it either, but uh, I like them, so I wear them. Uh, bum, bum, bum. The lockdown may just be a rehearsal for when the media is going to try and explain away the rapture. I don't know about that. Um, Clint says, hey, what's happening, Clint? Amy says, I wholeheartedly agree. I'm an RN. I have a daughter with cancer. I've also been to Nepal, Nepal many times, seen the poverty there. Most Americans sadly don't see outside our borders. Absolutely. Shelly says she wishes she could leave California. Uh, bum, bum, bum. Someone's asking if UC schools will actually lose. Online learning creates more profit margins, more students as well. Possibly, possibly, but I think students, students want the college experience. That's why. I think that's why they're going to lose a ton of money. I think students are going to look at this and go, either I can go to a school or I have to start. Think about freshmen. Think about freshmen starting their freshman year in college online. Oh my gracious. If you were looking forward to the college experience, you're going to start looking at Nevada, at Texas, at Georgia, at other places that are like, no, 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 we're going to open back up. We're going to open back up. Um, and so I think a lot of students would rather choose to go to a school than do it online. If you want to go, by the way, if you want to go to college, I just spoke to a college and career class last week via Zoom. Oh my goodness. What a does I mean, I had a great time. I would much rather do it in person. Um, much rather. But I was talking to all these juniors and seniors in high school, and I told them, be careful about accruing debt. If your desired profession, and by the way, if you don't choose what you want to do the rest of your life till you're 30, that's totally fine. You don't need to figure it all out at 17, 18 years of age, 16, 17, 18. You don't need to figure out what you want to do the rest of your life when you're 16, 17, 18. You're still a baby. If you do know what you want to do the rest of your life, by all means, do that. <clears throat> um, if you need to be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer or a chemist and you need that college undergraduate degree to get into your chosen profession, by all means, have at it. If you don't need a college education in your chosen profession, don't accrue the debt. Just don't accrue that much debt. Iowa governor said it's an expectation of people. Even said it multiple times. Ba -ba 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 -ba. Awesome. X-Men, X-Men, Wolverine. Cool. Hope you guys are doing well. Subscribe to the newsletter by texting the word rebel to 33777. We also have a resource pack there. Hope you enjoy the program. Don't miss Trisha Goyer tomorrow talking about homeschooling during the quarantine. I know not a lot of people are listening to podcasts right now. I can see with the number of listens. Um, Brian's talking about he's a plumber. He's been plumbing since he was 18 years old, almost 30 years now. Absolutely. You can be an apprentice. You can you know, learn those trades. Those trades, by the way, Brian, you can tell me this too. 
I used to do construction throughout high school and a lot of my college, and I was a cook for a good chunk of college too. And I got to tell you, working in the trades is one of the most fulfilling, satisfying things I've ever done. If I wasn't doing this, I would definitely be working in some kind of a trade with my hands because it's so fulfilling. It's so satisfying. As a plumber, at the end of the day, you can literally see what you've done at the end of the day. That's why it's so fulfilling. Some days, especially in lots of jobs I've had in the past when I was working in D.C. and you know doing other things, you get done with a day and you think, what did I do? Well, I talked. I wrote some stuff down, but sometimes that's not very satisfying. I got to tell you, working with your hands and working in the trades is one of the most fulfilling, satisfying things I've ever done in my life. I enjoy it so much. Uh, so if you've got a kid that is inclined in those areas, I would definitely push them there. In fact, there's a school in Denver, a construction school, that will get you hired out of their school. It teaches you all kinds of trade school stuff. I think it's fantastic. Totally fantastic. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for praying for us. Thanks for praying for Laura. Uh, we are doing our best to stand strong, uh, even in the difficulty, but I appreciate each and every one of you. Thanks for sharing this podcast with your friends and family. By the way, thanks to all of those that have supported us financially during this breakdown. Uh, I cannot tell you how much it means to us and it keeps us going. Uh, we don't even come close to to uh, breaking even with the podcast. Um, so every single penny that any one of you donates is a huge, huge blessing to us, especially during this lockdown when I know, I mean, it's like 20, 30 million Americans have applied for unemployment, me being one of them. So I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you so much. God bless, and I will see you soon.